0: We are so excited about Great Week coming up, we hope that, um, you know, my hope for the church is always that we have 100% participation in some form. There are sheets of donation sheets that you can grab at the back. If you'll take those with you, take, maybe take a picture of them so that you have them in your phone whenever you go to the grocery store and pick that up. Wouldn't it be a great thing if we had 100% participation in Great Week of Service? We're going to talk about doing good today, and we're opening up to Galatians 6, 9. Galatians 6, 9. Let's not get tired of doing good, because in time, we'll have a harvest if we don't give up. The word of God for the people of God. Let us pray. Dear God, Holy Spirit, move within me. Use me as a vessel of your words. May those words, your words, pour out on these, your people, that they may be filled up with your word today, not so that they can keep it to themselves, not so that they can keep it in this room, in this space, in this sanctuary today, but instead so that they may take it out of these doors, into the community, into the world, so that others who encounter them may in turn encounter you. Dear God, those words that are not of you but are instead of me, may those words fall upon deaf ears. Amen. Well, is anyone else tired? Is anyone else tired? I don't know about you. I am tired tired sometimes. This morning I came in, I told Ed about my story. Every Sunday morning I have a ritual if I go to Starbucks and I let them cook my breakfast and make my coffee for me so that I don't have to do it on Sunday mornings. And so this morning I went and did my normal Starbucks run and I got in there, I got up to the Starbucks Um, I go to the one on Ray Road. Why? Because you can order ahead, right? And so I I go to the one in Ray Road, and I sat there for a minute. My coffee is already waiting and ready for me, but I sat in my car. Why? Because I was too tired to walk in to get my coffee. I told Ed, I said, the biggest problem with coffee is that I need coffee to have the energy to get the coffee, and I can't have the energy to get the coffee until I have the coffee. Uh, We are tired, so I don't know about you, but I get to that part in that verse that says, do not grow weary, do not be tired. And I stop right there because I'm like, God, I'm done. God, yeah, I have already failed, right? I'm already tired. And it's no wonder because we keep inventing ways to do things faster. Why? So that we can do more. Y'all, I love, um, I love two things, Starbucks and Chick-fil-A. Also Jesus. Jesus more than Starbucks and Chick-fil-A, but I love Starbucks and Chick-fil-A a lot. (laughs) <laughs> and, um, and I love the Chick-fil-A at Waverly for kind of the same reason that I love the Starbucks in, at Ray Road. Why? Because you can order ahead. You can order ahead, you can drive up your car, and this nice sweet little man or this nice sweet little woman will come to your car door and hand you your Chick-fil-A. This is Waverly, right? And a lot of Chick-fil-As are starting to do this. A lot of, um, I think the one in, um, off of Ray Road does it too, but but is kind of my favorite. That's my jam. It's it's right there on the way to 485, and I love this, this Chick-fil-A. But the other day, I had to go to one where I had to go through the gasp drive-thru. I was so frustrated by it. Y'all, I'm just confessing. If we can't confess in church, where can we confess, right? Um, I was so annoyed that I had to go through the drive through Do you know why? I realized, because I was sitting there, and I really, seriously, I was reflecting on my time in Chick-fil-A, being frustrated with these sweet people, the nicest people in the world work at Chick-fil-A, as we all know, and I'm sitting there being annoyed at these little high school students who are wonderful and great and amazing and have a smile on their face because I had to wait through the drive through instead of getting it com- coming to my car, and so I prayed about it. Y'all, I am not lying. I prayed about <laughs> it, and I was sitting there trying to figure out why am I so annoyed by this? Why? It doesn't take any more time. You know why I was annoyed by it? It... it Once again, we're going to have a little confession time. This was why I was annoyed by it, because I couldn't check my email. (laughs) I am not lying to y'all. I was annoyed by it because if I'm sitting in my car and I'm waiting for them to bring my food out to me and I'm already sitting in my car, I can pull up my phone and I can check my email. Is that not crazy? But that's the kind of world that we're living in right now. We've invented ways to do things faster, to do things more efficiently, so that we can do more things, and we wonder why we're tired. We wonder why we're tired. There was a survey that, um, that went out that uh, uh, people were surveyed, um, and it was a marketing survey. And in this survey, 26% of respondents say they wouldn't wait longer than 30 minutes for takeout food, wouldn't wait longer than 30 minutes if I I don't know if you ever do this, but if you you ever call ahead and ask for takeout food and they say longer than 30 minutes, you may be in one of those 26% that say, nope, sorry, I'll go somewhere else. I'll call someplace else. That's too long for me. 55% of web page views get less than 15 seconds of attention. 55% of web page views get less than 15 seconds of our attention. 47%, this cracks me up. 47% 47 of consumers expect a website to load in two seconds or less. Two seconds or less. Y'all are giggling? Go home. Try and load a website. And if it doesn't come up right away, you're like, this is so slow. Let me tell you, some of us were around in 1995, when it took longer than two seconds to load a web page. Why? Because we had to wait on what is called dial-up internet. That was was only 20 years ago, y'all. I was sitting here doing the math this morning. I said I I was probably in college when ethernet came out. So I was in college 2000 to 2004. So probably 2000 to 2004 was when we started having ethernet instead of dial-up. For those of you who were born after 2000, you used to have to call up the internet. Like on on a phone, you had to call up the Internet and wait for it to dial up and wait for the Internet to answer and connect. You had to do that before you could access the Internet. And yet now, 47% of consumers expect a website to load in two seconds or less. we got to get more done. We've got to get more done. We're so impatient that Amazon Prime has same-day delivery. Why? Because getting in our car and going to the store takes entirely too long. How crazy is this? We can get on our phones and have someone else do the grocery shopping for us. We can even have them deliver it to us. And if you're like me, you don't even have to get on the phone to do it. You get on the phone to do it, right? You just message them. We've done this before because the five-minute drive to Waverly is just too far away from us. The 5 minutes wait in line at a grocery store is just too long for us. We live in a world where fast is slow, and so we expect even faster. This is the world that we live in, but this is not the world to whom Paul was speaking. Paul was speaking to an entirely different world. They did not have internet. They did not have cars. They didn't have any sort of these modern day uh, luxuries that we now have. And by the way, they are luxuries. When Paul talks about planting seeds, his audience knew what that meant. He knew that his audience knew what it meant to put a seed in the ground and to not be able to see anything for months. They knew what it was like. They, he was not speaking to an audience who just walked into a grocery store and ordered things and, and, and put things in the cart and checked out. He was talking to people who knew what it looked like to not be able to see any fruit for a long time. He's speaking to new believers, new followers of Christ, and they are craving to do good. They want nothing more than to do good. They are holding the weight of being good Christians in their hands. And he had just spoken to them a little bit about spiritual warfare, and he had talked to them about the fruits of the Spirit. And he's telling them, he's saying, don't grow weary of doing good, because I know what you're up against right now. I know all the things that are going on in your head. I know all the battles that you're fighting right now. I know all of the spiritual warfare that is going on inside you right now. I know it, says Paul, because I'm in the middle of it too. I know how exhausting it can be to try and do good, to try and share the gospel, to try and and spread what Christ has done done for us to all of the world. You see, they may not live in the same time period as us. They may know what slow growth is, but we know what spiritual warfare is too. We know what it is to be distracted and to be in the midst of chaos and to try and focus our eyes on Christ and try and focus our eyes on doing good. Now let's be clear. This verse says, do good. Not acting good, not being good, but doing good. Actively pursuing what it means to do good for others, to bring bring the love of Christ to others. I have a personal belief. I don't think that anyone wakes up in the morning and wants to do bad. Right? And, And in fact, probably if you're in this room, you came into this room today, into this space today, into this sanctuary today, Because you want to know, you want to be, you want to do more good. We crave that. I I think that we want to be a people who leave a mark of goodness on the world. I hope one day at the end of my life I get to look back and I get to count all the things that I did that were good. We want to do that. But we are so distracted sometimes by all the things that are grabbing at our attention, that want our attention, that we can't focus on doing good. If we aren't careful, Satan can use our desire for instant gratification to lead us away from God's purpose. From God's purpose to use us to do good. Paul describes it like planting seeds with a harvest later. Now, I lived in Brown Summit, North Carolina before I moved to Weddington. Brown Summit, North Carolina is a farming community. It's not even really a town. It's a farming community. And so I, I had the grand idea that I would start a garden, knowing nothing about starting a garden. I've always grown up in, in fairly large cities. I've always lived in fairly large cities until that point. And um, actually, one of the people asked me, um, or I was often asked, what what did it feel like to move from Atlanta to Brown Summit to these very, very disparate kind of cities and ways of living and I said the only thing that I hate the only thing that I don't like I shouldn't say hate the only thing that I didn't like about it was I had to drive six miles to a grocery store and so I um, started planting my own squash my own peppers that kind of thing in my in my garden I learned how to do it and I uh, was was fortunately blessed with all these great resources all these wonderful farmers who were around me who helped me with it and um and it was amazing, because I would plant a seedling in April, and then by June, I had more squash than I knew what to do with. Like, it just was overflowing, where I was like, someone take it from me, you know? And, and some of you are laughing, because I bet you've planted squash before, and so you know. It's it's a lot. It can be a lot. Um, cucumbers are the same way. It's You just have more than you know what to do with. But what's amazing is I had to wait three months for that. I had to plant a seedling, and then three months later, I... I was able to harvest all this wonderful squash. Now, I love, some of you may go down to the farmer's market that's down close to, or in Waxall, down south, Providence. And so I, I go there a lot of times on Sundays. That's become kind of my routine. And I love, they have wonderful produce. They have great produce from, from people who professionally do this, and so they do it a lot better than I do. But there is nothing quite like holding a squash in your hand and knowing that you did it yourself. Right? I mean, with God's grace, of course. But it it was there's something that makes that squash taste better for the fact that I had to wait for it. I had to plant it, I had to water it, I had to care for it, I had to I had to patiently wait for it to grow. And that's what Paul is saying here. Keep planting seeds, because one day You'll receive the fruit of that growth. About two and a half years ago here, I led a study called Reason for God. It is still one of my favorite things I've ever done here at this church. It was a group of about 10 to 12 people in this study, and we talked through different questions that nonbelievers may have about the faith. It was great. It was a group of um, people who are active in the church. Some of our most active members were all a part of this. And it was really, really exciting for me to lead this group and to kind of talk through all these questions of the faith. But everyone in the room was a believer. And so someone came up to me and said, you know, you should do this with non-Christians. And I will admit, I will admit that I kind of laughed. And I said, wouldn't that be great? Find me a non-Christian who's willing to do this study and I will do it. Like, I I did not have a ton of faith that I was going to be able to find someone who was willing to sit in a room with me a group of people who were willing to sit in a room with me who did not have faith, who were willing to talk to me about questions of faith. Tuesday night, I lead a Bible study. Every Tuesday night now, I lead a discussion group about questions of faith with non-Christians and with Christians. Let me tell you the story about how this happened. So two and a half years ago, this happened. This conversation happened. I prayed about it. I waited for it. I wanted so hard for it to happen. I have passion about it, I'm excited about it. Well, about a year ago, someone approached me and said, I want to meet people in Indian Trail. Okay, well, let's get together. So I started meeting with two women in Indian Trail on Tuesday nights, every single uh, Tuesday night, it was three of us. One had a life change, and she left the group. And she now lives in Texas, so she had a huge life change, left the group. And so it was me and one other person for a while. Someone else would come, they would leave. Someone else would come, they would leave. There were nights when it was only me. Around December, I was about to give up. Just, we're just going to have full confession time here. Around December, I was about to give up. I was about to say, you know, this is not worth my time. I'm sitting here alone a lot of nights, and that just doesn't make sense. Tuesday night, someone came up to me after we finished group, and he said, It's gotten too big. Take a moment. In December, I was going to cancel it. As of this past Tuesday night, someone came up to me and said, It's gotten too big. We may need to split it up. Y'all, God is good. But it took two and a half years of planting seeds, of hoping, of me getting to the point where I was about to stop it, for it to get to that point. I believe right at that point where we are about to give up, that is when God moves. I believe that when we are at the point where we are so close to breaking through that we have attacks from all over the place telling us that why, why are we wasting our time? Why are we doing this? Why, why is this uh, where you have called us to be? That is the point where God intercedes and God moves in big ways. You could have knocked me over by, with a feather because you know who complained about it being too big? The non-Christian who had just talked about Micah 6-8 with me. I love this group. I don't know that I can... I I love this group, but I think it's gotten to the point where we can't have as full of conversations as I want to have about Micah 6, 8. Y'all! God is good. And there is something in your life. There is some opportunity in your life. There's some way that you have been planting seeds for years and years and years or months or months or maybe just days and days and you are about to give up. Don't give up. God is about to move. God is about to take whatever that is that God has put on your heart. God doesn't put junk on your heart. God puts goodness on your heart and if God is calling you to be somewhere and plant seeds and not give up then believe that God is about to move in your life. God is good. Do not grow weary. Do not let the distraction of our need for instant gratification, do not let the distraction of our need to know right away if we are liked or not. Do not let that distraction be your validation. There's a verse that if you email me or if I email you, it's on the bottom of my um, my email chain, my signature, and it's, in all things, do for the Lord, not for man. It's Colossians 3.23. Um, it, it, every time that you get an email from me, do you want to know why that's my email? Because I have to be reminded of it all the time. I have to be reminded of it. We are doing good for an audience of One. Not for an audience of 1,000 likes, not for an audience of 1,000 comments on our social media stream, not for uh, the instant gratification of a thank you, even, but for an audience of one. Paul says, Do not grow weary in doing good. You have a great purpose here on this earth to plant the seeds that God has imparted on your heart. Do not grow weary. My challenge to you, my challenge to me, my challenge to all of us as a community is to keep the faith, keep pointed for that audience of one, and just trust. Here's the hard thing. You may not be able to see the harvest. And that's a really, really hard thing for us. I I think I I would argue that probably for us as Americans, too, uh, if we want to know exactly how many people we have impacted and when we've impacted them and exactly what we did to impact them. We may not get that luxury. Do good anyway. Keep the faith. God is calling you to something big. God is calling you to keep the faith and to keep planting those seeds. Uh, you know, Rosie has talked about it. We've talked about it a lot. We have this opportunity to go out and serve in the world through our great week of service. And we know that that is just a taste. And we know that some of you are going going to take that list and you're going to donate things. And you're not going to be able to see how you've impacted others. Do it anyway. Do it anyway. We are called to do good. And by the grace of God, we will see that fruit one day. Let's pray. Dear God, we sometimes are a tired people. We are sometimes a people who uh, grow weary. But, dear God, lift us up when we are weak. Give us supernatural strength. Point us to where you would have us to go and to serve. Dear God, when we are not seeing the fruit, but it is your seeds that we are planting. Dear God, Help us to plant them anyway. Help us to see where you would have us to be. Help us to see where you grow things. Dear God, we are grateful that you have shown us your love and your grace through your son, Jesus Christ. We are so grateful that you have shown us your love in so many ways. Open our eyes that we may see them more each and every day. Amen.